Blog Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Nancy Murdoch, host of Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon, and you are listening to episode number 16. Today I'm going to talk about how to turn around those things in your life that suck. We've all got those problem areas and none of us want them, so I've got some powerful suggestions that will really make a difference in your life. And I've added a new segment called Helpful Home Remedies for everyone who wants to be more proactive about their health. Today's home remedy is apple cider vinegar, and I'll be telling you all about the amazing benefits you can cash in on when you add just a tablespoon to your diet every day. I'm going to tell you what to look for when buying it and how to use it. Are you a complainer? Seriously, take a minute to review some of the conversations you've had this week, whether it was with your sister, your brother, spouse, or anyone with whom you've interacted, including yourself. Your complaint could have been something so simple as, the weather's too cold, too wet, too dry, too warm. That's still a complaint. We all do it, but many people have no idea how the simple act of complaining sabotages all the other best efforts you make in life. A friend was complaining to me recently about her mother, her brother, the incompetence of some of the professionals she was paying for dental care, medical care, and things like that. This wasn't the first time. Whenever we connect, she's always complaining about someone. Being raised in polite society, it's difficult to tell friends that you don't want to hear it anymore. We often feel we aren't supporting them if we don't allow them to vent to us. But venting doesn't do them any good, and it sure doesn't do us any good. It's a temporary fix for clearing out toxins that have been building up. But because venting doesn't heal the root cause of the issue, the next time they come over, they do it all over again. It's like being sick and going to your friend's house and coughing all over the place, saying thanks, then going home. You've left them in a toxic environment you created. Where's the fun in that for either person? Yet how often does this happen to us? And how often do we do it to others? I'm referring to venting in someone else's space. Many people think it's healthy to vent or share their upsets with others. It's not healthy at all. It's not healthy to keep your upset inside, but it's not healthy to spew your negativity all over the place either. When you get food poisoning, you don't go visit your sister or your best friend for the purpose of vomiting in their presence just so they know you aren't feeling well. No, you don't do that. A modicum of self-control is necessary in all aspects of life. Actually, it's not even about self-control. It's about self-awareness. The more you become aware of all aspects of life, the more responsible you become because you know better. So I'm going to tell you what I told my friend, and then I'm going to tell you how to turn around all those things in your life that suck. I mean, that's why you complain, right? Because the behavior of some of the people in your life is appalling, and it makes it hard for you to have a happy life. How can you be happy when you have to deal with jerks and people who don't act how you need them to act, or do what you need them to do? I mean, really, if you're going to be honest about it, it's all their fault anyway, isn't it? And it's a total bummer when someone or something outside of your control is the cause of your upset. You can't get anything more irritating than that. You can slap them around a few times, throw them against the wall, call them all kinds of mean names, talk about them behind their backs and to their faces, but it never does any good, does it? 
They might change for a moment, but then they're right back at it, being incompetent, no-good, lazy slobs. I've added some embellishments onto my name-calling just for the fun of it. Uh, but in actuality, most of the people and things you complain about are, are more minor irritants rather than catastrophic events in your life. In a catastrophe, you're too busy to complain because you're helping others and yourself deal with something huge. Whereas the people you generally complain about are usually pretty decent people who, you know, they, they just happen to exhibit some behaviors that clash with your values or what you believe to be proper and important ways to be in society. But more specifically, their behavior clashes with the way you want others to be in relationship with you. Isn't that right? Well, first of all, it's important to stay positive at all times because the way you feel literally affects your health. The hardest thing to do is to get to the point where other people and situations can't rattle you or make you feel angry or hurt, uh, depressed, sad, frustrated, all those emotions we feel when people irritate us. That's our challenge in life. When someone can make you feel something other than what you choose to feel, then you have given your power away to them. Think about that for a moment. When someone doesn't act how you need them to act and you get angry, you have given them your power. So how can you be in control of your own life when all day, every day, you are handing your power over to someone else? People are going to be the way they're going to be and we can't change them. So don't let that be your stopping point or your power outage. Get over it and focus on what you can do. The point is that you are the one in control of how you feel. So choose to feel positive, appreciative, and, and happy. I found for me the best way to do that is to stop complaining about people who are causing me undue hardships or who aren't living up to my expectations. The more I focus on my discontent with others, the more of it I get. It takes practice and self-discipline, but it's worth it in the long and the short run. I'm not always successful. Sometimes I still complain about the people who are causing me grief and the intolerable disturbances they've stirred up in my life. But it doesn't serve me one bit. And I know this. In fact, it hurts me, not them. When I experience any negative emotions, cortisol is released in my body and sends me instantly into fight flight where 13 other stress chemicals are being released, creating a ripe environment for disease to take place. And besides, I don't feel good when I talk negatively about anyone. It doesn't even feel good in the moment. It brings me down. I can actually feel my energy levels plummet. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to complain about people. It doesn't help them change. So what's the point? It's obvious to us when we complain about people. But what's not quite as obvious is when we complain about all the other things that don't have anything to do with people, like being too cold in a never-ending winter, or not having enough time, or not enough money, or working in a job that forces you to live away from your family and kids. I'm not going to name all the things we can complain about because it's limitless. It's literally everything. My friend said she didn't know how to stop complaining and be positive when people really are jerks and incompetent. Like when she arrives on time for an appointment but has to wait hours. The bottom line question is, when a reality you don't like is staring you in the face, how can you be positive? Well, again, it's all about vibration. We are vibratory beings. 
That means we send out and receive frequencies according to what we are vibrating. Call them vibes if you want. What you vibe is what people are vibing back at you. So let's cut directly to the chase. If you are sending out vibes that say, he's a jerk, she's incompetent, he never tries, she's not appreciative of what I do for her, they are never on time, I always have to wait for more than 30 minutes for my appointment, then they give me the wrong prescription, you are going to perpetuate more of exactly the same thing because that's the frequency you are living. Complaining is never the frequency of appreciation or love and acceptance. Uh, it's not the frequency of joy or good health or happy relationships. It can't happen. It's not a match. The basic problem is that we call it like we see it, then complain that we can't see it differently because it's true. The guy really is a jerk. My family doesn't appreciate what I do for them. All the students in my class are stupid. They ask stupid questions. Since it's your truth, it's your reality. And the more you call it, the more of it you are going to see. I'm not going to deny it. People rarely live up to the expectations we set for them. You can stand firm on this point and prove it over and over and over again until you die. That's your choice. But I'm offering a better way that doesn't involve as much anger and frustration or stress. All right, so step one. The first thing is to recognize that you complain about everything or most things. Recognize it, acknowledge it. Step number two, the second step is that you must want to make the necessary changes inside yourself in order to live in a different reality. What if you actually believe you have a choice about how you want to feel? Would you choose to feel angry? Would you choose to feel flustered? Would you choose to have the emotion of a victim and feel helpless and hopeless that this is life and there's nothing you can do about it? I'm literally giving you an unlimited expanse of emotions to choose from. What are you going to pick? You may not want to be limited to always choosing happiness. I mean, sure, that could be boring. Sometimes it's necessary to get angry or feel sad. Again, a choice. What if I told you that all the negative emotions create stress in the body, which leads to disease and brings you more negative people and experiences in your everyday life? Would you think twice about getting angry at incompetent people when it's your blood pressure that's rising, not theirs? What if I told you all the positive emotions make you younger by releasing DHEA in your body, not just feeling younger, you are younger. DHEA is considered to be the happy hormone of youth and vitality. And what if I told you that positive emotions bring positive people and experiences into your life who radiate the energy of abundance and gratitude? Would you seriously consider changing the way you react to people in situations? I mean, really, ask yourself that. Is it worth it? Even that might not be enough to make you actually stop complaining. What if you were being watched and every time you complained, you had to pay $500 to the IRS or Revenue Canada? How much would you owe at the end of the year? Would you risk prison just so you could complain? What if every time you felt gratitude and appreciation... $500 was instantly deposited into your bank account. Sometimes it takes monetary incentives to make people choose differently. So the first step is recognizing when you complain, and the second step is making the decision to stop. Step three, the third step is about taking action. And I have some tips to get you started. Tip number one, 
Listen to something uplifting first thing in the morning. When I wake up in the morning, I listen to something positive and motivating for my spirit. I have my favorites on YouTube, and I listen to it on my phone before I even get out of bed in the morning, just to set the mood for my day. Sometimes my positive mood lasts me 10 minutes before something challenges me. Sometimes it lasts all day. Sometimes I have to lie in bed for 30 minutes until my mood lifts, depending on how much heavy stuff I've got going on. Other times I only listen for about 5 minutes. So find something to listen to that you can use as a crutch to get your positivity juices flowing. Abraham Hicks has a lot of great videos where they, they do rampages of appreciation that really help you feel good about yourself in life. If you are a relatively positive person already, listening to something uplifting will build your emotional muscles so it's more smooth sailing when you do have those turbulent encounters. Action tip number two, stop being critical and judgmental. Just stop it. Whenever you name anything as good, bad, right, or wrong, you're making a judgment. At some point, you decided what is appropriate and inappropriate behavior for people. You may be living by your standards, but your standards are not necessarily someone else's standards. For example, you may keep your house immaculate, but your friend may not be as neat and clean. She may have dirty dishes in the sink all the time, clothes strewn all over the bedroom, stains on the carpet, and cat boxes that needed cleaning three weeks ago. It's really easy to say she's a slob or her house is a disaster zone. But don't. Don't think it and don't say it. Just observe without any thoughts or words attached to your observation. Silence your mind. Why? Because your negative thoughts about her living environment are going to release cortisol in your body, not hers. And it's going to send you into fight flight which shuts down the thinking portion of your brain and sends all your blood rushing to your large muscles among a pile of other stuff that takes place. You will be allowing disease and death to take one step closer. I'm not exaggerating. This is exactly what is going on in your body when you say to yourself, why can't she just wash her dishes after each meal? Judgment? Criticism? Stop it. Action tip number three. Find the positive qualities about the person you're criticizing or judging. All you need is one good quality. Then focus on that and only that. By focusing on a person's positive qualities, you bring out more of those qualities in your interactions with them. It's really beneficial to practice this ahead of time when the person isn't triggering your anger and resentment or whatever negative emotions they're triggering. Find appreciation and gratitude for those people who irritate you the most. Let's face it, they are in your life for a purpose. If you look at everyone and everything that comes your way as a gift, then your life is truly filled with abundance and you can be grateful to everyone and everything. Most of the time, the gift isn't apparent. It's in your life to help you become more authentic and true to your divine essence. So keep that in mind. It's your job to find out what the giver of this gift has given you. Be the detective in your own game of awareness. This knowledge may be helpful in your most trying of encounters. Action tip number four. When you go to bed at night, make sure the last thing on your mind is positive. That's probably why people used to say prayers before bed, to express their appreciation in the form of thanks for all the good things in their life. Give it a try. How you go to bed is how you wake up in the morning. I'm going to tell you something that might sound a bit far out. 
You may or you may not have heard of law of attraction. Well, we don't actually attract things into our lives or manifest things, as some of the experts say. Everything already exists. Everything that you can imagine, and even things you can't imagine, exists right now. Dinosaurs exist right now. Cavemen exist right now. Absolutely everything in history exists right now and in the future. And I don't mean in your memory or your imagination. I mean in its own reality. When we shift our vibration, we actually shift to a different reality. We're shifting a billion times per second going in and out of billions of different realities. I never believed in evolution or Darwin's theory. I always believed that fish are fish, monkeys are monkeys, people are people, and aliens are aliens. Time, space, and distance are an illusion. Only now, this present moment exists. That's an interesting concept to wrap your head around, I know. But before you dismiss it as sheer and utter ludicrousy, feel it out this week. Be open-minded. It could shift your whole perspective on life. So, when you bring positivity into your thoughts, your words, and your actions, you aren't exactly attracting positive people and situations into your life. You are actually shifting to an already existing reality where life is more in alignment with the values and beliefs you prefer to experience. The reality you are currently experiencing is a perfect match to the values and beliefs you currently hold. If you believe people are incompetent and stupid, then you will be a vibrational match to the reality where people are incompetent and stupid. Your choice. Alrighty, a quick recap on the four action steps you can take. Number one, listen or read something uplifting first thing in the morning before getting out of bed. This sets your emotional tone for the day. If you need to reboot your system in the middle of the day, take a few minutes to become re-inspired. Action step number two, stop being critical and judgmental. Not just of other people, but of yourself too. If you stop criticizing yourself, you won't have to deal with guilt and anxiety or low self-esteem or all those other self-sabotaging emotional states. Just observe with an empty mind. Number three, find the positive qualities in people and focus on them exclusively, regardless of how ridiculous they are behaving. And number four, express your gratitude and appreciation at night before you go to sleep. That will give you a good start to turning around those things in your life that suck. Another point I want to make is that maybe your family doesn't appreciate all the things you do for them. So what? Are you doing it for the purpose of getting appreciation back in exchange? Because if that's the case, then it's a conditional act. Your family may never appreciate the things you do for them, even if it does come straight from your heart. But that doesn't mean you can't appreciate them. What's stopping you? Be the person you would like to have as your best friend. That's the best advice I can give anyone. Be the person you would like to have as your best friend. It's time now for our home remedy segment. And today, our home remedy is apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar has been used as a cure-all for hundreds of years. It cures everything from hiccups to skin problems to digestive disorders and is used for cleaning, hygiene, and cooking. I'm going to give you a little history to get us started. Apple cider vinegar has been around for thousands of years. Hippocrates used it to clean wounds way back around 400 BC. It was initially used as a food preservative, then made its way into the medicinal realms. Vinegars can be made from a variety of fruits and vegetables. 
such as grapes, dates, potatoes, beets, and apples. It's made by fermenting the fruit through a slow process over a long period of time. Mother of vinegar is an amino acid-based substance that accumulates over a long fermentation process that you only find in unfiltered, unprocessed vinegar. Most of the grocery store apple cider vinegar has been filtered and processed to prevent the mother from forming. Apple cider vinegar, just like lemons, is acidic to begin with but turns alkaline once it enters the body. The acid-alkaline balance, which is also referred to as, as your pH level, is important because certain reactions take place when the body has a certain level of acidity or alkalinity. Scientists use a scale ranging from 1 to 14, with 1 being pure acid and 14 being pure alkaline. When your pH levels are less than 7, it's considered to be acidic. And when your pH levels are greater than 7, it's considered to be alkaline. The ideal range of alkalinity is about uh, 7.5. There is a real danger in being too acidic or too alkaline. That's why we are always striving for the balance in all things in life. It's pretty difficult to be too alkaline because of what we eat and our modern lifestyle, basically. Generally, foods that are not healthy for us tend to be acidic, such as white flour, white bread, pasta, um, fried foods and all processed foods, all refined sugars and foods that contain refined sugars, and processed cheese. Also, drinking coffee, eating proteins, and smoking will raise your acid levels and lower your pH level. Eating a diet of natural foods leaves your body with a naturally ideal pH level. Makes sense. Stress is a huge contributing factor that raises the acidic levels in the body. The reason it's important to keep your pH levels in balance is because virtually all known diseases today arise when your pH balance is more acidic than alkaline. Too much acidity can allow yeast infections, parasites, uh, cancer cells, and other toxins to grow in your body. It also blocks nutrients from entering your cells. Thus, you won't be absorbing the nutritional benefits from your food, no matter how good it is. Here are some of the benefits. Okay, number one, it aids in weight loss. Apple cider vinegar is high in acetic acid, which increases your metabolism, your body's ability to turn food into energy, and it reduces water retention. A study done in 2009 and published in Bioscience, Biotechnology, and Biochemistry states that People who consumed acidic acid for 12 weeks showed significant declines in body weight, abdominal fat, waist circumference, and triglycerides, the bad cholesterol. Number two, it helps increase your energy. The body processes associated with stress cause fatigue. The amino acids in apple cider vinegar act as an antidote to these chemical processes, and it contains potassium and live enzymes that help alleviate fatigue. Number three, clears up skin blemishes. Use it as a daily toner to regulate the pH balance of your skin. Also great for warts, age spots, and scars. Dilute uh, about two parts of water to one part apple cider vinegar and dab some on the problem area. Leave on overnight and watch the blemishes disappear. It helps eliminate candida in your system. Candida wreaks havoc in your entire body. It builds up around the outer walls of the blood cells and prevents nutrients from entering and nourishing your cell tissues. Thus, all those vitamins you buy at the health food store aren't doing any good if they can't penetrate the cell walls. 
Candida is an overgrowth of yeast. Number five, it helps balance your entire body chemistry. Apple cider vinegar helps with your body's alkaline acid balance, as I mentioned before. Higher acid levels leads to loss of energy and higher incidence of infection. Basically, when your acid alkaline levels are out of whack, you get sick more easily. Number six, good for blood sugar levels. Its anti-glycemic properties slow down or prevent the complete digestion of carb complex carbohydrates from turning into sugar and entering the bloodstream. This gives your body more time to pull the sugar out of your blood, preventing your sugar levels from spiking. Two tablespoons before bed, lowered blood sugar levels in people with type 2 diabetes by the morning. Number seven, it helps break up mucus and cleanses the lymph nodes. Less mucus means fewer allergies, sinus infections, sore throats, and headaches. Its antibacterial properties are great for keeping colds away. Uh, number eight, it's a natural cleaning agent. Vinegar is the best natural all-purpose household cleaner on the market. No need to buy the expensive green products when apple cider vinegar is one of the first natural green products. It's mostly due to its antimicrobial properties. Combine some lemon juice with apple cider vinegar to be an effective agent against salmonella. I have a sort of uh, broken kitchen faucet that was caked with a buildup of calcium from hard water. I took the handle off and soaked it in apple cider vinegar overnight. Gave it a bit of a scrub with a toothbrush and voila, most of the calcium buildup was gone. Number nine, it neutralizes odors. Leave a couple of small bowls of it around your home and it will neutralize any odors that may be lurking. It's great if you've just painted your walls and want to get the paint smell out or if you have any kind of unpleasant cooking odors that you want to neutralize. Give it a try. There are a variety of apple cider vinegars on the market. Get the kind that is organic, raw, unfiltered with mother in the bottle. Don't buy it at the grocery store because it will probably be refined pretty vinegar with all the good stuff taken out. The mother is the sediment at the bottom of the bottle that gives the liquid a cloudy appearance. It's the best part for you. I buy Filzinger's apple cider vinegar from my health food store. Bragg's is also another good brand. Um, mine is 16 ounces and costs about 5 bucks, and it will last me about a month, maybe more. I take one tablespoon per day, usually first thing in the morning. So what I do is I mix it into a large cup of warm water, not hot, just a little warmer than room temperature. Then I add one fresh squeezed lemon and some local unpasteurized honey. I drink this, then wait about 30 minutes before eating any food. There are some precautions. Obviously, you need to do your own research and check with your doctor or primary caregiver, especially if you're pregnant, nursing, or are on medications, if you're under two years of age, or you plan to feed it to your pets. Use common sense. I can't stress that enough for anything you do in life. Also, rinse your mouth with water after you drink apple cider vinegar to remove the acid from your mouth. Don't brush your teeth with it. Just rinse with water. There you have it, a mini lesson on the importance of the pH levels in your body and the benefits of drinking apple cider vinegar. Before I sign off, I'm going to tell you a couple good things that happened to me this week because good things do happen to all of us. We just have to uh, become recognize them and become aware of them. A longtime friend of mine who lives in California sent me a very generous sum of money to use to hire a marketing firm to help get my business off the ground and more listeners to my show. 
It was a spontaneous gift that came directly from his heart. It was totally unexpected and very much welcomed, I might add. Thank you again, Hugo, for your support and for believing in me. The second good thing that happened was that Frank, a man who rents a room from me, put new brakes on my minivan for me on Sunday, and he changed my snow tires back to summer tires in the hope that summer may indeed someday come. That was super nice of him to take time on his day off to do that for me, and for free. He wanted to help out in whatever way he could. Don't worry, he's a licensed diesel mechanic, so he knew what he was doing. He saved me hundreds of dollars, and now I have peace of mind when I'm driving. Thank you so much, Frank. Good things do come to us when we believe they can. It's not our job to figure out the how part. Oh yeah, there's one more cool thing that happened. I received a home improvement grant from the local municipality to fix some of the problems in my 150-year-old Victorian home. I get to get a new furnace and be warm next winter. Yay! And natural gas will be coming to my town in the next two to three years, so I'll even be able to afford to be warm. (whistles) I hope you enjoyed today's show. Join me next week for more fun and interesting stories and information that can help you have a happier, healthier life. If you haven't visited my website yet, what's taking you so long? Go check it out, nancyatnoon.com. Until next time, keep it rocking, baby. Thanks for joining us again on Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon. We've enjoyed your company and hope it's been fun for you too. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and family because, well, they might like us too. You can find us online at nancyatnoon.com. We've got fascinating blog posts, recipes, self-help books, weight loss CDs, coaching programs, art, jewelry, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Go ahead and check us out. nancyatnoon.com. You'll be glad you did.